after show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday between 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. And given that this is Tuesday and given that this has been way too long, I'm joined by The Fan Morning Show's Blake Murphy, producer. Blake Murphy. How you doing, Blake? Well, I'm back, so that tells you a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm all right. Last night, I'm a little I'm a little starstruck today. Oh. After being out on. at your event last night, the event you and Alex put on uh, in association with AsianGoldRibbon.com uh, mm-hmm. to stop anti-Asian racism. Uh, it was a great event. Yeah. Awesome turnout. You getting roasted by Jason? Yeah. Well, hey, listen, Jason. I know you're listening out there um, with your with, with your girlfriend yeah. at night. Um, and you know, before bed, he never makes it to the third star. <laughs> anyway, Jason, um, hit me up, man. Reach out. Oh, I might have to call you up. Yeah, um, th- this guy often. steals your university haircut and then comes up on stage at your event yeah. and roasts you. Yeah, and it was it wasn't a great tracksuit as well. No, but seriously, um, it was it was a great event. Um, I guess shouts to everyone who were coming out. It was super um, humbling. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Um, you know, to see, like, a lineup down the block. I don't know why Alex told everyone to come line up. It made no sense to me. Um, we had seating for everybody. So for people who came in at, like, 6 o'clock, you, you know four, why 7 did. o'clock doors. So you guys could tell people, or he can tell people that there was a lineup. I mean, listen, uh, there's, this there's is a club, lineup around the block. Club promoting one-on-one. Yeah, Always you, keep a line. You know, you're right, actually. You're right. Um, you know, salute to Superfresh, salute to Trevor and, and Elaine for that helping us That place is awesome. In. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. that's... Uh, that just so that just opened Friday. Just opened Friday. Nice. It's in the annex. Uh, it's where Annex Food Hall used to be. Um, nice. Now it's called it's called Super Fresh. There's a bar in there. There's a, a few food vendors in there. Actually, there's two bars in there. So yeah. speakeasy hidden somewhere in the back. And, and it's uh, uh, it's a great setup for anyone who doesn't know what it is. You just go. You're at a table. You scan a QR code and you mm-hmm. do everything from your phone. And you can order from a couple different places at once. All gets brought to your table. Yeah. At some terrific bow. Nice, nice. I, I was made aware that there is a bow shortage. Right now, in Canada. How? Yeah, I, that was my question too. But I, I don't, don't you know. just like put a like a little hose in the bread and pump it up, and that's what it does. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know the technique here. <laughs> no, I've seen my mom make bao and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't seem like there should be a, a shortage, just based on the fact that I guess you can make them. But I don't know. This is I had a long conversation about this. The other well, I'm glad I got them in while I can. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You should be grateful that you had some bao. But no, seriously, it was a great event. Thank you everyone for coming out. We raised a lot of money. Uh, for a really great cause. And honestly, given the turnout and how, how fun it was, I think we'll probably do it much more often. But in the meantime, um, we are going to talk about the Toronto Raptors once again. And we're all going to cover the rest of the playoffs as well. I wanted to get your thoughts on the two conference finals matchups. But, um, you know, Blake, one of the things... I was actually looking at Reddit, um, the Raptors Reddit page like a week ago, and someone posted that, you know, they were really, really missing your offseason primer post next um, week sportsnet.ca it's coming okay good okay good so it's gonna come uh, i guess i'm just gonna get the advanced copy uh hear from you on the show and just basically look at what this summer um has in store for the raptors in terms of some key decisions starting with free agency we know the key free agents are chris boucher thad young um I guess Justin Champagne and Delano Banton also require new contracts. Well, no, Banton's got a non-guaranteed for next year. Okay, so uh, so Banton's Banton's good to go as long as they want to keep him. It's okay, got like just a small partial. 
And we're probably going to keep him. I would imagine so. Yeah. He's, okay. It's, yeah, it's 1.5 mil at the end of the roster. He showed enough this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, it's great in the G League too. Um, but the three keep uh, free agents there, Chris Boucher, Thad Young, Justin Champagne. Let me get your quick thoughts on the three of those guys, sort of where they're apt to stand with them potentially and also what you would estimate their contracts to become. Yeah, so I'm going to start at a, at a higher level and just the way the Raptors cap sheet lines up is you're not a cap space team this summer. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, look, look ahead to my my off-season primer at sportsnet.ca next week and I'll get into some of the details of why. But basically, even if you can get into cap space, every team has a decision to make at the start of the off-season of whether they want to operate as an above-cap team or a below-cap team. Mm-hmm. The only times you really want to operate as a below-cap team is if you're carving out more than significantly more than the mid-level exception to chase right. free agents. If you're the Raptors, so last year, for example, everyone thought, oh, maybe it was the Giannis chase year and all that stuff, um, or rather the year before. Um, but what happens is you're you're forced into a position where to get that cap space, you have to waive anyone, uh, any of your free agents. You have to waive any of your non-guaranteed contracts. So last year, had you wanted to chase, say, a Rashawn Holmes which was a name that I really liked, and I still think he would be a good fit if he shakes free on the trade market, mm-hmm. you would have had to renounce, uh, wave and renounce Yuta, wave and renounce Chris Boucher, wave and renounce any, um, you know, had they not signed their second round picks or not signed their first round pick, all that stuff. And you have to, um, you would also punt on having the mid-level exception. Mm. You would have the smaller room exception instead. So the Raptors are going to enter this offseason with a fair amount committed because their top four guys make a good amount of money. Scotty Barnes makes a good amount of money. Uh, and they have a few guys down the roster still under contract. Mm-hmm. So what they're going to head in the offseason with is the mid-level exception, which right now, based on our latest projections, starts at about $10.3 million. Yep. You can go up to four years on that. You can split it between players, whatever. Uh, and you'll have the biannual exception, uh, which will kick in around $4 million or so. You have those two things. You have your second round pick. Mm-hmm. You have all, obviously undrafted free agents and camp invites and stuff. You can always sign more minimums up to 20 guys. But that's pretty much it. Mid-level, biannual minimums. Yeah. So that puts and you a, can't combine them. You cannot combine them. They yeah. have a couple trade exceptions too, but they're small and you can't combine those either. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at basically mid-level exception, biannual exception, second round pick, and maybe trades. Mm-hmm. Those are your ways to add. So that puts an extra pressure, I think, on retaining Chris Boucher and Thad Young um, to a lesser extent, Justin Champagne. But the reason that you might be more inclined to re-sign those guys, even if it's not a discounted deal or anything like that, is that you don't have a recourse to replace them. You're already tied up with just the mid-level and biannual to try to add to this group. Mm-hmm. And that's... Now, the fortunate side of that is you've got... 30 million and change to work with to use the mid-level, the biannual, get Boucher a new deal, get that a new deal, take back a little bit of money and trade. You do have some real flexibility under the luxury tax. You just got to be creative with how you do it. So um, that puts to me a premium on, you know, I, I think it's much more likely today than I did at the start of the season that Boucher's back next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they probably don't acquire Thad Young without some idea of his intention to resign. Yep. Champagne is realistically, he's not going to be able to command more than the minimum. Like the the restricted free agency process for two ways is garbage. Um, so his qualifying offer will be a two-way contract with like mm-hmm. 50 grand guaranteed. Yeah. Um, obviously the Raptors are going to qualify him. And then we haven't really seen two-way RFAs get poached with great deals too often. So I would assume Chip Handy's back on a minimum deal. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, which I think he earned. Yeah, totally. That's, uh, that's you know, Two and a half times what he made last year. So it's a nice little raise, even if it doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah, I mean, he was briefly in the rotation, kind of, mm-hmm. um, in around December. There were some injuries at that time. And then, Showed course, a lot of growth down the stretch with 905, too. 
lot of growth. Uh, Three-point shooting was uh, a, a big improvement for him. You saw multiple games where he was hitting five, six, seven threes a game. He was uh, the only Raptor going up and down who was figuring out the defensive side for a while there. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. Listen, um, 905 defense. G-League's not about defense. Yeah, they they, they changed the name from D-League for a reason. Damn. <laughs> um, okay, so that's a great uh, bigger picture look at sort of the pieces the Raptors have to work with. Um, you know, I, I think I, I'm in agreement with you, uh, you as well in terms of Chris Boucher um, being much more likely to be retained on this roster. What's like the ballpark of something that feels fair for both Chris and the improvements that he's made in this game and the Raptors and just based on their financial situation at the moment. Yeah, I think if you're looking at a Chris Boucher contract, let's look at it from Boucher's camp, yeah. first of all. It's a, it's a pretty weak free agent market. It's as thin as the bow market right now. It's, yeah, it's uh, tough. People are scrambling for free agent bigs the same way they are for bow. There's not a lot there <laughs> that he's competing with. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I think in the latest Bobby Marks update, only five or six teams project to have meaningful cap space. Yes. So all of those free agents are competing for just a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. So Boucher's competing with Bobby Portis and Mo Bamba and Yusuf Nurkic and Nick Claxton and guys like that for a limited amount of money, and that's just at the big man spots right. across a limited amount of teams. So if you're Boucher, I think you go into the offseason thinking if you can get a multi-year mid-level, obviously at his age, you're shooting for four years and $45 million, whatever the mid-level projects out to mm-hmm. when we get the actual cap numbers. Um, if you're the Raptors, I think you're okay with that annual value. You don't want to go four years term. No, uh, The Raptors just, I mean, they don't love to give term to, to mid-level guys anyway. Um, but also you have to look at Pascal Fred, OG, Gary, and Scotty Barnes get expensive as you move forward. And Gary and Fred can actually opt out after this season, like after this coming season. So you've got to worry about your key guys getting more expensive. So if you're looking at a Boucher deal, it's almost a situation where how I felt with Mark and Serge, where it's like, if you give him a one-year deal, I don't care what the number is. Mm, Bring them okay. back, overpay them for one year, whatever, if you got to do that. Um, but it's the longer-term commitment right. that I'd worry right. about for the team's cap flexibility. Because I think, you know, Boucher now and Boucher over the next two years, even if he's getting $10 million, is a movable guy. Teams totally. will be interested yeah, in that. Totally. That's a yeah. good value for an energy bench big. Um, but the 32-year-old version of Chris Boucher at the back end of that contract is probably a tougher thing to have on your cap sheet. Okay, what about two years, $10 million a year? Yeah, I, I, I if, you very happy with that. If I'm the Raptors, that feels yeah. fair, honestly. Yeah, and maybe you you get a you know depending on the market, maybe you can negotiate something where that second year isn't fully guaranteed. Like Boucher's last year, last right. deal was two two years, seven mil and change per, mm-hmm. and the second year was non guaranteed, and that allowed Boucher to get a little bit more in annual value, and the Raptors to get a little bit more flexibility. Maybe there's room to do something like that. Um, Boucher probably wants to cash in as much as he can in guaranteed money, just sure, given yeah. what his careers look like so far. And, and the fact that he is older for a, a prospect type or a post-prospect type. Uh, so yeah, if you're the Raptors, I think 220 is is fine. I think if you're Boucher, you're, you're probably hoping for greater annual value than the mid-level if you're signing a two-year. But there's some wiggle room there to get something done. Okay, I think yeah. 220 is reasonable. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, with Thad Young, that's a more interesting one to me because of the fact that He's older. He could still contribute. He's happy to come off the bench. You have to wonder how much he wants to be um, in a championship organization considering the fact that he's played 15 years in the league. He's not yet won the championship. Um, but he had a lot of great things to say about the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Genuinely think he had a great time here. Obviously, him and Masai. Um, you know, Masai has talked about how he's wanted that for quite a while, and he finally joined the team. And um, as you mentioned, you know, you don't trade for him at the trade deadline without 
I mean, the Raptors are very specific in mentioning that they got a player with, with their rights. full bird rights, right? So that is a little harder for me to ballpark. But you know, what about something like like a like a one year ten million? Is that too much? This feels it, a little it, high. It is on value. Like he's not going to be a ten million dollar player okay. in terms of his role next year. Like look at the amount of forwards that they have. They already had a crunch trying to get minutes for all these guys. Like maybe there's a scenario where Ken Birch is outbound in something and that six point seven million comes off the books. Yeah. I know they like Ken Birch a lot as a chemistry piece, an organizational piece, but on merit, he's probably the odd man out of that four five combo group. Yeah. Um, so maybe something like that shakes out. I don't think that Young's gonna return ten million of value, but I also again you don't I, have again, I'm trying to do a balloon payment for a year so you don't you don't you avoid exactly. any of the long term and, and the I mean, if this isn't as important at that Young's age. It maybe is at Chris Boucher's age. Bird rights roll over, right? As long mm-hmm. as you don't get waived um, or change teams in free agency, your bird rights continue. So if you right. re-sign Thad for a year, you re-sign Boucher for a year or two, you know, you can revisit that later or you can sign and trade later, things like that. Um, I would wonder if something closer to the biannual is in the mix for okay. that. Like okay. maybe you're looking at something like two years, 12 million. Yeah, I, I, that sounds good too. I'm, yeah, it, it's yeah. hard to peg because like you never know what the value is going to be on exactly. these guys yeah. in their 30s, right? Like Igudala is out there at 38 and has been signing, you know, he got 15 million on this deal, but that was kind of the weird Miami thing where they yeah. they did the yeah. creative contract primarily to be able to trade him later. Um it's hard to it's hard to say. He's one of the older guys on the free agent market too, mm-hmm. which makes it tough to figure, you know, what his market's going to be. Is someone going to chop off a chunk of the mid-level for one more year of Thad at like a Thad level? I'm not sure. Okay, okay. Uh, maybe his market is more of the biannual. So then you, you've you got a little flexibility there if you give him a second year. You know what? That makes sense. I like that. Um, Of course, you can always... He's almost 34. Yes, that's right. And you can play around... And he's played a long time in the league mm-hmm. as well. You can also play around with that second year maybe, especially yeah. if you give him the second... You know, like whatever. You guarantee some money, whatever. Um. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with both of those. Yeah, um, So so let's look at what that would do. So say... Let, let's bump that up to seven just for estimation purposes. Okay. Um, and we'll we'll give Chris the 10 and we'll give Champagne the minimum. Um, let's just, so what that looks like then is you've got, and, and then we're assuming Banton gets picked up on his minimum. Uh, let's, for the purposes of this, assume Armani Brooks isn't back. He might be, but he's got another small partial guarantee on the second year. It's just not likely that all those guys will be back. Yeah. Uh, I'd imagine Svee's picking up his 1.9 million player option. It'd be a little wish. weird if he didn't. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at there, we've just got to about uh, 230, or sorry, 230, that'd be bad. Yeah. Uh, 130 million or so mm-hmm. in salary. And that's across 12 guys. Yeah. So then you're looking at two two ways, which don't count against the cap. You're looking at, Three spots to fill your second round pick, assuming that doesn't take a two way spot, a mm-hmm. mid level, and a biannual. Yeah. I think that's an okay spot. Yeah. And obviously, you can trade and, you know, maybe there's a home for someone else. Like, like again, maybe a Ken Birch trade materializes. Maybe Thad comes in at a lesser number, whatever. You you probably have to give us some assets to get rid of uh, Chem? Chem's deal. You maybe. don't think so? I don't know. There's two years left on that thing. Yeah. And it's fully guaranteed. Yeah. But maybe it's a part of something else. Maybe you take back yeah. a, a different, like, an iffy contract at a different position just to kind of balance things out a little bit. I'm not sure. But, yeah, so that puts you in a spot where you could get, you could retain Boucher and Thad for about $16, 17000000 and have your way to the mid-level on the biannual. I don't think they'd, I don't think they would push all the way, like, use 100% of both of those exceptions because you yeah. want a little wiggle room under the tax entering the season in case... 
a trade comes up or you want to 10 day someone later or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's broadly what you're looking at for the offseason. Boucher and Thad back on reasonable deals, and then you have your mid-level and your biannual. Boucher and or Thad walk, you still only have your mid-level and your biannual. So. Right, right. Um, now, real quick before we get to the mid-level, what that might look like, what some players you know could fit potentially, um, just rapid fire with the rest of these guys who are on the roster. Um, Brooks? Yes yeah, no? well, he'll be in the system over the course of the offseason. Okay. Um, like, he's got one of those. It's only 50000 guaranteed, and then he gets, like, another two hundred k kicked in if he's still on the roster after Summer League. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you've got – the Raptors have done this a lot, and Bantons has some staggered guarantees, too. I'd imagine Champagne's deal will, too. Yeah. They they like doing that with guys where there are a couple – it's what they did with Ish Wainwright and Bonga and, and Decker right. last year. Right. Obviously, the choice there didn't work out as well as you'd hope, but it's the same idea of give all these guys a little – guarantee and then you've got a decision to make in june and then another decision in july and then Mm -hmm. another decision in september and it lets you kind of trim the group competing for roster spots down over the course of a longer sample and you get armani brooks in your program for the offseason and see how he starts to develop and stuff like that so um i think he'll be on he'll definitely be on the roster as late as late as summer league i would imagine Mm -hmm. um if he kicks around beyond that probably depends on how he's looking in the system fair enough uh utah probably done yeah, I think I think he probably gets an NBA deal, but okay, uh, it's been. If I'm him, I, I would like to go somewhere that's like a fresh start and a fresh path to opportunity. I think like he's he's been four years in the league and still hasn't really gotten much consistent opportunity. Yeah, um, he's a he's a fresh start candidate for me. Bring him to Washington, all right? Utah <laughs> and uh, and Rui can can finally be teammates. Um, Bonga, see ya. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's. I mean that that's this is one of those weird ones where. I understand taking a flyer on a still youngish player who has a unique skill set and who's willing to go to the G League for his entire fourth NBA season, basically, which he has to give permission for. The trouble is, and this was the trouble with the Decker deal as well, and one of the advantages I thought Ish Wainwright had is that it's a one-year deal. So you have, you don't have bird rights. You have non-bird rights, which for someone like Bonga, he's probably only signing the minimum anyway. Yeah. So it's fine. But had Bonga clicked had it worked out well suddenly you don't have bird rights on them and there was just not a lot of team side upside on that one i don't think yeah uh, so yeah i think isaac bonga is a uh, euro league all-star next year no oh, fair enough david johnson joining him in the euro league i don't think i've seen enough i think another nba team might take a shot at him on a yeah, two-way okay. or something like that it's just his season was so stop and start with injuries yeah. and stuff and there were a couple segments of that G League season where he picked up. He looked like he was figuring some things out offensively, but I never really thought the defense was there. Yeah, um, especially like he had a him and Delano both had a bit of a tough go in the playoffs defensively, mm. um, and it just like that's the time where you really hope that all the defensive learnings of the season kind of come yeah. together for you. Um, and that Delaware team that spaced them out five out. Th- there was no defense played no at, by either team on that. No. Maybe a little bit by Pat McCaw. Yeah, center, Salute, Pat McCaw. Salute up, yeah. yeah uh, traditional weird. rim protector, Pat McCaw. Yeah, that final score for that game was like, I think the, uh, the point total was, was like 145, 139 or something I like that. I think it was like 270 points were scored or something. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of outrageous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with all that. Okay, uh, in terms of, so the mid-level, we'll probably have a longer discussion about this some other day. If you, you, you forgot one one guy. Who? The restricted free agents rights to Nando DiColo. Oh, he'll obviously receive the qualifying offer once again because they don't need the cap space. They'll okay. be an over cap team. Do you think he receives like a letter in the mail? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or an, I don't know a docu sign. Yeah, that's that's a little less exciting. I, I kind of <laughs> like him, you know, ripping up his mail somewhere and wherever he is. He's been playing where Cheska Moscow. 
I think right. he moved teams this year. He moved teams? Okay. Well, in any case, uh, uh, you know, Nando was cool. Yeah, he's for with that. Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce? Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a funny running joke that... So when was the last time you played in the Raptors? 2014? Yeah. Yeah, the Austin Austin Day year. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's when we first started. Well, not for you. That's for when I first started blogging. That's a long time ago. Yeah, don't age me. Yeah. Well, don't tell people how long. Yeah. So yeah, 2013, 2014 was You're, when he was last on the roster, which means that that tells you that um there have been eight seasons now where the Raptors have kept that on their books. And the reason is in seven of those seasons, they've operated as an above cap team. They just haven't mm -hmm. had cap space. And the one season they did have cap space, they had enough that it didn't really, like the Damari Carroll year, it was enough that like you didn't really have to to carve everything out. It was an interesting year. Yeah. Also, that was an interesting free agency target, which brings us to mid-level <laughs> targets. Um, yeah. Okay. So look, like I mentioned, we'll probably have a longer discussion about this considering this is probably the one biggest clear-cut avenue for the Raptors to add immediate help to the rotation uh, for next season. Let me just get one mid-level exception target from you. All right. It's... Uh... So as we mentioned, mid-level, 10 million. You can go up to four years with that if you want to. Um, Raptors may not use the whole thing. Maybe they will use the whole thing on one player. Who knows? But let me get one name. Um, so I'm going to say Malik Monk. Uh, okay. Part of it is I really wanted him as a buy low target last summer. Obviously, you'd rather get the guy before he breaks out. Yeah, he, than he after. totally broke out this year. For yeah, sure. and, the, and the Lakers are in a situation that I just outlined with Bonga where it's like, okay, well, you signed him to a one-year deal and you're, he's not going to sign the minimum again mm -hmm. and you don't have rights on him and you're the Lakers, so you don't have a, a path to real cap space. So I think he's definitely a target to that could potentially leave. Um, if I'm the Raptors, I'm prioritizing... Perimeter play, shooting, someone who can handle the ball a little bit. Um, so the names that that fit that a little bit and aren't um, because I'm. We could look at restricted free agents too, but then you've got to factor in. Okay, the chances it's getting matched. The yeah, are you getting your your cap space tied up and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know how worthwhile that list is, mm -hmm. uh, but the list of guys who can shoot and triple a little bit is uh, pretty thin. It's like Malik Monk and Pat Connaughton, and that's yeah, that's about it for UFAs. Um, what about Kyle? What about Kyle Anderson? He's a UFA. Yeah, I like Which, slow mo. Me too. Like as a guy off the bench who kind of plugs things and connect things together, you know, there's now, a bit of redundancy with the Thad. There is a bit of redundancy, and I I'm not sure defensively he can fit what they like to do with all that versatility. Yeah, he's not like a terrible defender if he's, he's big, like in the post least. and stuff like that, and he's yeah. smart, but he's. <laughs> Not he's nicknamed slow mo for a he reason. He's comically slow. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean I just I wouldn't mind. I've always liked kind of these like in between players who kind of you know play between a few positions. I mean I, I don't know. This is the mid level. Look, we'll have a longer discussion about this. Yeah. But it, it, trust me, it, it's not that sexy when you're when you're shopping. No, the mid level like, is like you're you're shopping at like uh, at SVP. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> like like Gary Harris maybe is the top of that list, but I don't know. Like he probably is aiming higher than the mid level. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm certainly not willing to pay him more than the mid level. Mm -hmm. um, Torin Prince is a name that's on that list too, and Man, maybe you could find your way to it. Um, yeah, it's it's not a great list. Hey, if you wanted a if you wanted to add point guard depth, though, what do you think about bringing Delon back? How old is Delon, man? How he's is thirty? That, how is Delon thirty? I don't understand this. Are you saying you think he's younger or older? He. Just, how is he that old already? He's only been in the league for like 
six years. But he's he feels simultaneously like twenty five and forty. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like anyway, um, yeah. So two thousand fifteen draft. So he's been yeah. around six six years. Yeah. Yeah, but he's thirty. Anyway, um, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, he, did, I wouldn't. he did two years of community college though before he did two years that's of right. uh, that's right. Utah. Um, uh, I I need more shooting. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. it's the same. I, I don't, mean, look, you already traded the long yeah, ones. I, I uh, yeah, I also don't know that he would come back because I, the way I understand it, he was not particularly happy with his role and was like, welcome the change when yeah. that happens. So fair enough. Um, quickly, last thing actually before we're gonna go to a break, uh, there is the possibility of the Raptors potentially signing some players to extensions. Mm-hmm. Do we want to? Can you outline this sort of scenario for us involving Fred and Pascal? Yeah. So Fred and Pascal are both extension eligible. Um, Gary Trent is not. Gary Trent would be the most interesting extension candidate given that he can opt out. And this was always the issue with the two plus one deal is, ooh, if this deal hits, then he, he's getting way more expensive right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, good for him playing his way into probably more than 18 and a half million in 2023. Um, so Fred can also opt out after next season. And he's a, he's a more interesting case to me than Pascal because... Max guys, it's it's pretty hard to work out extensions with those guys. It's just like the the rules around extensions are not not super conducive to getting deals done. Like if you're Pascal, you probably want to make sure that you're getting the full max moving forward, and then you have to factor in his age. And if you're the Raptors, you have to factor in well, why would we give a max two years in advance if two years from now, we'll be the only team that can give him the full max anyway. Like there's just, Siakam doesn't have a ton of leverage in that situation. And I don't think he's the type, like, I don't know why he would, you know, accept an extension that's a little more team friendly just to get it done early. Fred's a more interesting one because he can opt out after the season. So there's a real leverage element there. And he's also coming off an all-star year. Yeah. You could probably make the case he's underpaid. I, I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that Fred can make the case that he's a $30 million player, but he is set to make $21 million this year. Yeah, he's I probably think, closer to 25 Yeah, I think if you offered Fred a $21 million around the league, you'd have 29 takers. Yeah, that, that would yeah, be cool with I having agree. that on their books. So that's one where, you know, I would imagine as a means of roster stability and knowing what pieces are there and culture and stuff like that, the Raptors would love to get even a mini extension done where Fred's around through like the end of Scotty's rookie deal, which is also when OG's deal comes up and stuff. So maybe you, you know, you, you ax off the option year and attack two new years on. So he's through Mm -hmm. 2025, give him a little raise. Yeah. Um, So what would that little raise look like? 120%, right? He's making 21 uh, next year. So roughly 25. Yeah. A little, yeah, roughly. I don't have the exact number ahead of me, but that's, I mean, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, and so you're essentially saying, because right now he has the player option for 2023. Mm-hmm. You give him 25 that year, you give him 25, 2024. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, hey, listen, Bobby, get this done. I know you're listening, Bobby. Yeah. Happy so, Asian Heritage Month. Again. So, yeah, the, what you'd have to do here is is for, for Fred to do it, he'd have to opt out, and then a new extension has to add at least two years uh, onto the deal before any options. Um, okay. and, and you can't, uh, you can't have them opt out and sign for less, which obviously isn't, uh, isn't a concern here. I, I don't yeah, think no, you would have no, Fred Van Vliet opt out and, uh, sign for less. So yeah, I, you could, you know, you could sit there with him and be like, Hey, here's two years, 50 million. It's not here's, bad. It's not bad. Now yeah. I, I wonder if Fred is looking at 2023 and saying, Hey, it's like 2022's market is no teams have cap space. It's a bad free agent market. Well, 
generally the way these things work in cycles would mean that 2023 has more money on the market yeah. and more yeah. suitors. Maybe he's thinking like that. Maybe he feels like he should be paid as a co-face of the franchise alongside Pascal. I'm not sure what he's thinking. Yeah. But, but like he said uh, on his media day, he loves to have conversations. Oh, listen, I'm sure. Nah, he's a businessman. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure these will be had. And um, look, there's the relations are very good yeah. um, with with both player and the organization. And you know, this doesn't mean that like he's going to be giving discounts or anything like that. But I just think it kind of makes sense financially. Yeah, for, the, for both sides. The, and and even like, look, Fred had a great year this year. Played a ton of minutes. Ideally, you reduce his minutes a little bit. That probably means his per game numbers come down slightly, mm-hmm. just because you're playing less. Um, you know, let's say he has like a similar year to this year next season and hits free agency market. Does he get the max from a team? I don't think he gets the max, no. Yeah. But it, so he then gets what a, are we talking about? Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially if I'm him, I'm at least a little worried of that I've had one fully healthy season in my career so far. Sure, yeah. And Nothing like super recurring or anything no, like that. No, but it's, a lot, like of, major, it's but, a lot yeah. of like miss five games here, miss five games there. And, yeah. you know, part of that is probably because he's trying to give you too much. Like, he's getting hurt for the right reasons. Yeah. Uh, it's just... No, he's really you know, Kyle Lowry's there. If you're thinking about, uh, if you're thinking about, you know, his own risk aversion and stuff like that, maybe it makes sense. So the, the one hang-up... Oh, the risk aversion of Mr. Bet on yourself? Yeah. <laughs> the one hang-up here with the potential Fred extension that I could see. And yeah. the Raptors haven't given any indication that this is their thinking. However... The way the cap sheet lines up is there's a pretty hard pivot point built in right now in 2024. Mm -hmm. Pascal's contract is up that year. Fred's would be up even if he opted in. Uh, OG can opt out that year. Gary could potentially be off the roster. The only person, the only two people with a contract for 2024 right now are OG and Scotty. And Scotty's is a team option that'll obviously be picked up. Yes. And OG's is a player option that, if I guessed right now, I would say would be declined for sure. So if you have Fred opt out of his 2023-2024, the rules are you have to have, like that can't be an option for 2024-2025. That's on the books. Yeah. So if they see that as a pivot point at all, that's maybe something that gives them hesitation. I mean, at but that point, they he's still an asset. You can move him. And they haven't to. given us any indication yeah. that, like, the only indication that that's even remotely the case is the Gary deal being shorter than we all thought. Um, realistically, you just don't have a lot of guys that still have four years left on their deal at any one time. Yeah, fair enough. All right. We are going to take a break right here. I'm your host, William Liu, and you've been listening to The Raptors Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. When we come back, we will discuss two potential centers that could be available in trade this offseason and also preview the two conference finals matchups. Stay tuned. Breaking down everything in Leafsland better than anyone. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou. I continue to be joined by the Fan Morning Show's Blake Murphy. And- we are also joined by producer Alex for an update. Oh. Uh, the reason the bows are short are because Trevor at Superfresh only gets them from Taiwan. Interesting. Interesting. So it's not a worldwide bow shortage. Like we can't we can't make these or we can't get them anywhere. It's you can't get the high quality stuff. Damn, even as a Chinese person, I don't know what the difference is. I thought bows are just bows. But okay, uh, in any case, um, yeah, go to Superfresh and order all their bows because it's uh, quite delicious. Anyway, um, so as promised before, we were going to look at the conference finals, uh, but also really quickly, I know there's been a lot of interest on the Raptors side of, 
getting a seven footer. I don't know, Blake. I don't know how your mentions are, but everybody, you know, I think since getting defeated by Joel Embiid, um, and, and honestly, like obviously there was huge matchup issues. Um, people have been very stuck on this idea of getting a seven footer. Um, as I have said many times, Joel Embiid cooks seven footers the same way he cooks guys who are six nine. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Um, but having said that, though, there are two fairly, fairly available centers, I would say, um, or maybe even potentially available. Fairly available seems a little bit, a uh, little strong. Uh, in DeAndre Aiden and Rudy Gobert. Let's start with DeAndre Aiden, who is uh, a restrictive free agent. He famously did not reach an extension with the Suns last year because the Suns did not want to give him the max, which is what he was seeking for. Pretty standard stuff. Number one overall pick wants the max. Um, the Suns did pick him over Luka Doncic, by the way, which uh, looks hilarious in the wake of um, that that second round uh, series. Uh you know, but DeAndre Ayton was not able to get that extension done. The Suns thought a really good year, 64 wins, got the second round, lost game seven, whatever. He got benched in game seven, only played 17 minutes. Um, there were some clips I saw online of him, you know, not exactly playing with game seven intensity on defense and rotating around. And obviously, you know, there were some matchup issues against uh, Luka. And then after the game, Monty Williams said, you know, in regards to why did he only play 17 minutes, he said it's internal, kind of sparked sort of um, speculation that Ayton may be available um, now, listen, he's a restricted free agent, so he's free to sign any sort of comp, uh, offer sheets. Obviously, you know, the Suns can choose to match it or not. Um, I think in, in any scenario, the Suns probably won't let him go without some sort of sign-in trade, right? Because there are... It just sets them back too far to exactly. lose a number one pick. And and a, if not a max contract guy, I don't think Aiden's a max guy, but mm-hmm. he's a good player. Yeah. And look, losing a good player, this is this is part of what hurts or not hurts but like this is part of the complication and part of the accounting for smaller market teams that aren't traditional free agent destinations or or maybe don't have a path to cap space otherwise is it's not or are cheap and have really bad yeah management. it's like look five years 177 million sounds like uh too much yeah for deandre ayton but it's not like if he walks you have five years and 177 million to spend on someone else it's mm-hmm. yeah it's your number one pick it's your rfa bird rights it's it's a tough spot, and you've got—I yeah. mean—you have to answer a tough question then too. Of like, okay, well, Chris Paul's only got one guaranteed year left on his deal, and he's looking pretty old these days. And then, okay, well, how if Aiton goes, and it's a more traditional sign of trade, not a like it's more on the sign side than a trade side. Yeah, what does that look like in terms of okay, what's around this Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges core? Because Bridges' extension kicks in next year. Yep, Booker's obviously locked up. Mm-hmm. So how do you continue to add to that core to not waste prime Devin Booker years? Yeah. And I mean, not waste the the last of Chris Paul. So it's a tough accounting for them where I think, yeah, if they're going to let Aiton go, I mean, if I were them, honestly, I would let him wait out an offer sheet and yeah. just like see that, look, there are only five or six teams with cap space and even they might not be willing to max you and then see if you can get something a little lower done but yeah if if you if it's going to be a sign and trade you got to make sure you you're honestly hoping he goes to a decent team because then it's over cap and and you're looking at it. they need to send you assets to make the math work yeah that's why the raptors are an interesting hypothetical i don't uh i don't see the fit uh necessarily like certainly not at that price point yeah, no, because okay, so the the max for Phoenix to sign him would be like 177. Max for any other team to sign him 131 over four years. Yeah. You mentioned already that he's probably not worth the max. No, um, 
But then again, if you do pay him like a regular contract value, the Suns are probably like, oh, that's sweet. I'm going to match that now. Yeah. And so you kind of always have to give him too much money to get him away from the Suns. This is why RFA is designed to, to help teams retain their guys. Damn it. Can't believe these the millionaires system works. might not get all of their millions. They the might just only works. get partially, uh, a portion of their min- millions. But no, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, these are hard to construct. Um, well, here, here's the the way you look at it from a Raptors perspective, though, is it's okay. not just paying DeAndre Ayton $30 million yes, a year for four years. Real it, assets. Yes, it has to work under the cap math. And if he's making $30 million coming back, mm-hmm. it means you got to send out about $22 million. Okay. You know, we'll see where Phoenix, where both teams end up in cap space after... You know, we don't know the exact numbers yet, what everything will look like. Sure. But roughly, you're sending out $22 million. Okay, well, look at this. OG Anobi and Ken Birch added together $22 million. Would you do that? No. Okay. So, there we go. This conversation is short, actually. Like, I don't... Like, maybe if it's Gary Trent in that deal instead? Why would the Suns do that? They All they have is guards. It's Gary Trent's. Yeah, they have Gary's <laughs> Trent all over the place. Yeah, um, so this conversation is short. They have a Gary Trent, a Gary son Trent, a Grayson Trent. Oh, man. <laughs> That's still one of the best stories. Man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't really see a fit here in terms of trade. In terms yeah. of Aiton himself, like, yeah, it would be nice to have a guy with that kind of size who's 7-1 and he's... You know, he's not elite defensively. He's improved as a pick-and-roll defender. He's a very good yeah. rebounder, obviously. Super efficient within his role as a scorer. Yep. But I don't know that... Like, I have trouble seeing how Aiton jumps from being the guy this year who's probably... You know, his value on the court was probably about, like, 18 to 20 million, yeah. maybe? I don't see what scales in his profile to make him a 30-plus million dollar guy because I don't think... I don't think he has a skill set where you're running more offense through him and handing him more usage. Um, he's never had good passing metrics or anything like that. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really stretch the floor or, or no, he shoot. doesn't stretch the floor. No, he has shoot a little at bit of game, but like not really. Like, come on. And then like defensively, like okay, he's he's good at vertically protecting in a, some an often fairly conservative scheme, and he doesn't foul a lot, which is great. You but I don't. Yeah, is he is he going to be able to execute the Raptors' switchiness stuff? And is he the bigger question is okay? Even if you were willing to live with a defensive center who doesn't execute the Raptors' switching stuff, is he a good enough interior defender mm-hmm. yeah. to warrant making your base coverage more conservative to keep him around the rim? Yeah. And I don't think the answer to either of those things are yes. Yeah, and it's like if he was a unrestricted free agent and you had cap space and you weren't sending out assets. I'd be like, sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's so money. He's about as good a player as you're going to get in free agency generally. Um, I don't mean to like say he's not a good player. He is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just he's not a max guy, and I don't love the on-court fit. Yeah, listen. Um, if you're going to say no to OG, uh, plus, I guess, Cam. Um, also, OG and Mikael Bridges are the same guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of them is like, Way like thicker than the other guy, but I mean, if like in terms of role, the exact same. Although I gotta say, that team could be very interesting with only wings. Yeah, yeah, very very interesting because they're already very hard to stop offensively. Although I don't know what the hell happened in game six and seven, but yeah. Here's uh, the other thing with Aiden is that I just it's going to be hard for teams to shake off that the Suns were better off with Bismack Biombo on the court. Yeah, in a playoff series. Yeah, damn, he really JV. Okay, all right, Uh, Rudy Gobert. potentially also available in trade. Um, before we have this Rudy Gobert discussion, two notes I have in here. He turns 30 next month. Uh, so, uh, bon anniversaire in, a, in, a, in advance to Rudy Gobert, who will be turning 30 on, uh, I think, June 26th. His contract is 
going to be $38 million next year, $41 million the year after, $44 million the year after that. And when he is 34 years old, $47 million guaranteed player option. I mean, yeah, this is nasty. I don't even want to have this discussion. That contract is too big. Because to me, is like, look, I know the cap is going to go up and everything like that. So proportionally, it might go down. But realistically, I just don't think he provides this much value in a playoff setting. And you have him for so many more years. Yeah. Yeah. There are some other things with Rudy Gobert in terms of culture fit and stuff like that that are, you know, would you'd need to iron out as well. What does that mean? He's not a well-liked dude. <laughs> okay. And I don't mean, like, I said this on the morning show a couple weeks ago when it came up uh, and someone someone texted in or tweeted at me or whatever. It's like, you, you talk like you know him. I'm like, I don't know him, but I've been reporting no, around this team long enough to, like... Dude almost gave me COVID when I was in Utah. Um, <laughs> oh my God. But like you hear. Wait, hold on. You hear how players. Was that the game where he touched all the microphones? Was that against the Raptors? Yeah, I wasn't at that, but I was on that road trip. Oh my God. And then I was at that Nick Nurse charity event when the world shut down. Well, yeah. yeah. I was at the Norman Powell charity event when yeah. the world shut down. It's a yeah. good time. Was that at the ballroom? That was at the ballroom. Yes. Bowling. Downtown, yeah. Charity bowling for the Boys and Girls Club. Was a good event, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt Thomas, the best bowler there. Not surprising Mr. at all. Mr. 99%, yeah. I mean, yeah. he does look kind of like who's a bowler. The, the guy who's the best shooter and the best, like, short game in golf yeah. is also the best bowler. Sure, this is a finesse guy through and through. Yeah, it totally made sense. So, the Gobert thing is, is I mean, it, the, an analysis is similar to Aiton in that it starts with what do you have to give up? Mm, and his yeah. cap hit is $38 million. So, the answer to what you have to give up is Pascal Siakam or two of your other core pieces or if Utah is just like really, really thirsty for one of your core pieces, them and like a sign and traded Boucher or Thad Young or something like that, the math is really complicated. Yeah. The four Utah Jazz fans that are on Twitter have been <laughs> Yo, doing crazy. some crazy things. <laughs> about like, hey, like, oh, would you do Siakam and Barnes or yeah. Siakam and OG? It's like, no, the word and cannot be in any conversation no. about Rudy Gobert. And look, Rudy Gobert is probably the most impactful defensive player of mm -hmm. this generation in the yeah. NBA. Like a, the let's say post post Draymond being at the say, elite. Draymond is ahead of him. Yeah, I don't I don't know that Draymond's still at that elite level. So but we'll call him Co then. Co yeah. most impactful. But he doesn't do like he had one field goal attempt in a major playoff game this year. Yeah. Well I mean his teammates were getting on the ball, you know. Yeah, well, again, <laughs> a he's not a, a super that, yeah. well liked guy. Yeah. Um but no, like he's when he gets the ball, he can dunk it, but he can't really handle. He, you can't trust him in a ton of DHO. Mm -hmm. He doesn't pass at all, which is the way the Raptors project in terms of spacing, especially after a Gobert trade where you're probably giving up one of Trent or um, or OG Ananobi. Yeah. Your big has to be able to do a little bit of stuff for you in terms of fake DHOs or, or just putting the ball on the floor a little bit. He doesn't have any of that. He's always been really turnover prone. And then the big thing is like, is this guy going to be himself defensively when he gets to forget 34 when he's 32? Is he still the same guy defensively? $47 million is a, it's that's going to be the worst contract in basketball by that year. We got to put the ether beat over the last two minutes of, of the podcast where you just went in. I but, mean, it's not even going in. I, that, that's the thing. Again, it's just, it's, this is, a, if this this is just a situation. If this, yeah, is a, right. if this isn't a salary capped league and we're talking about Rudy Gobert as a free agent that you could just add, uh -huh, sure. Yeah. But he doesn't really fit the timeline. I don't know that his game's going to age super well. And you have to give up an awful lot to get him. Yeah. yeah. Now, the counter to all of this is someone might say, well, Blake, if you don't think Aiton or... 
Gobert are all that possible. Who do you think's possible? And uh, we end the show there because yeah, the yeah, list no, of enough. like you're talking. I mean, I mentioned it when we were talking about Chris Boucher. Like he's competing with Bobby Portis, Mo Bamba, Yusuf Nurkic um, in the RFA tier, like a Nick Claxton type. Yeah. Maybe you take a flyer on Isaiah Hartenstein. I don't think you get down as far as like the Drummond types. I think you just nah, man, don't bother on. at that point. You just lean into the six nine thing more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's not there aren't a lot of options there. But at least those options are just money and don't require you to give up a piece of your core. Yeah, that's right. All right, we got about five minutes to quickly cover Celtics Heat mm. and Warriors Mavs. So forgot like, there's real basketball still. Yeah, Celtic. I mean, listen, this was great. Honestly, um, this is what Raptor fans really want to know because now you get a full sense of the uh, the offseason. This ahead. is three weeks of Blake Murphy Tuesday jammed into one. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Okay. Uh, well, we 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 did miss you a lot. So Celtics Heat, um, the series season series two one uh, in favor of the Celtics. My, I, I guess my main question is like, how are the Heat going to guard the Celtics? Because to me. I think they have a couple of options. I think the one thing with my Milwaukee is I didn't feel like they got creative enough, shocking, for a Bud, a bud uh, coach team that they weren't too creative schematically. I think Spo is very different um, in the way he's going to coach, and I think that the Heat have always been very good in their little zone defense, mm-hmm. little two-three zone. Um, now, yeah. we saw now that Grant Williams is the greatest shooter of all time, that's a, a zone-busting situation, right? Yeah, it turns so- out if you leave Grant Williams alone, wide open for 18 straight possessions where you don't even close out, then yeah, he, he might make seven threes. Yeah, he got to do the whole Nick Nurse shooting pill instructional <laughs> over the course of that game. It's like, line up your right foot to the center of the rim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got his little headphones in, taking his time. But uh, yeah. So my my concerns are more on the offensive side for Miami, and not because I don't think Miami's a good offense. Obviously, they have Jimmy Butler, and they have Bam, and they have some shooters that can get really hot. Kyle Lowry's out tonight. Yeah. Um, but they're they're a pretty good team. But Boston held Milwaukee to, I think, under a point per possession in that series. Yeah. No, they're, I mean, they strangle the life out of you defensively. Yeah, and that was, so good. that was like, Giannis had games in that series. Yes. Like, that wasn't, you know, I know people were like, oh, well, Udoka shut down KD and then shut down Giannis. They didn't shut down Giannis. They just did the best job we've seen of Giannis is going to get his and nobody else is going to. Yeah, and you look how how exhausted Giannis was in game seven. He was missing finger rolls. Yeah, three. He missed three shots at the rim. Yeah, uh, down the stretch of that one as they were trying to as they were trying to fight back. So that's my bigger question for for Miami is you know if you because like Boston also has enough offensive talent and, and guys who exploit mismatches that. I don't think this is a Duncan Robinson series. No. Like you got uh, you got Duncan Robinson on there and you can have probably Tatum or Brown target him at any given time because who's he on? If he's on Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart's a screener. Mm-hmm. If he's on Grant Williams, Grant Williams is a screener. Right. I don't really yeah. know where you're hiding him. Maybe in some of the bench units on like uh I don't know. He can't he's probably not even keeping up with Peyton Pritchard. Like Yeah, Peyton Pritchard's looking deadly these days. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. The the <laughs> rich man's Malachi Flynn. Um oh, I don't so yeah. I don't I don't really know what Miami's uh offense looks like in this one. And I know they had a they had a decent time against Philly at sometimes in that series. Um Jimmy was terrific, Max Struess was terrific. It's a different matchup, man. It is a different matchup. Uh, um I but, would I would say in, in, in that regard, um you're gonna really have to leverage the the rim pressure that Bam, um, you know, delivers in terms of as a roll guy, dribble handoff guy, and the counter to that, Rob Williams is Rob back. Williams exactly, which that's gonna be a bigger series. So, like for example, that that uh, the series we just saw, Grant Williams is a much more important piece. This series, I think Robert Williams can be a lot more important. Yeah, because th- you keep on the floor, you take away the rim. You Bam's not going there. Jimmy's not really going there. Then I think you're really, really in a good spot. And but, hey, 
you know what helps sometimes against a tough zone defense, and this is why the Raptors struggle with it a lot, having a rim runner mm. that you can throw it up to. Yeah. And that's something Robert Williams is really good at. I know, I know most of his breakout has been on the defensive end where he's probably going to get some all-defensive love. Sure. Yeah. Um, but his ability to vertically stretch the floor is important too, and that's going to be important because, again, my, like Spolster and Miami are really good. They're going to have some tough stuff for Tatum and Brown. Yeah, and uh, he's, a, he's a decent passer too. So if you zone him, obviously you can get him the ball and trust him to make a decision. All right, quickly, we've got a minute. Warriors-Mavericks. Season series three one in favor of the Mavs. To be honest, Draymond only played one of these games. Clay didn't play any of these games. Like it's a very different team. Um, my only question is, can the Warriors get Luca out of playing that LeBron style of game? You know what I'm talking about, where yeah. Le- he's just pick and rolling you to death and getting you mismatches. So we got like 45 seconds. Yeah, I I'm not super optimistic they can do a great job on Luca. What I think Golden State's pressure point in this series is going to be is when they downsize with that super small lineup that they flirted with down the stretch and in the first two rounds, um, what does that look like defensively for Dallas? Because Dallas has been a buzzsaw defensively. They did a great job against Phoenix. But the faster you are, the more you have to make Luka work on defense. And the Mavs aren't that deep if you take Dwight Powell or even to a lesser extent of Maxi Kleber mm-hmm. out of a series defensively or at least make it difficult for them. So those kind of super small Golden State lineups are really interesting to me in this one. You're not you're not stopping Luka, though. You're not stopping Luka. No, Luka had like a 41-point game, like a 35-point game in the series. Uh, yeah, but... Boston Warriors final? No, I really want to see uh, a Heat versus um, Dallas matchup you know i just throw it back to 2011 it'd be nice you know yeah certain things about tradition anyway Dwayne case against lebron do it again oh, okay all right that's enough uh, uh we're, we're done today i'm your host William lou you've been listening to the raptor show on sports and fm 90 the fan make sure you find the raptor show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review our show reminder we're streaming live on sports and youtube channel and airing live on sports and 360 monday to friday between 2 and 3 p.m thanks again to my guest blake murphy and our board producer Derek brandale talk to you tomorrow